There's a famous story told from the life of Pope John the 23rd. One day someone came to Pope John the 23rd, and maybe you've heard this, but someone came to the Pope and said to him, Your Holiness, how many people work in the Vatican? And without skipping a beat, he responded, About half. <laughs> About half? No? Okay. Half the people work? All right, I'll explain it after. <laughs> this story, this anecdote with Pope John the 23rd kind of shows us or kind of cuts to the heart of why this gospel can seem rather challenging. It just doesn't seem fair. And so we've heard this gospel where Jesus or is telling this parable about a landowner who is hiring all these different workers to be in the vineyard, right? And one or some of the workers work the entire day, others work a half a day, others work just a couple hours. And at the end of the day, the landowner pays people, right? And he begins by paying those who work the least time. And by the time they get to the, to the moment where the people who work the longest get paid, they find that they're paid the same. And this strikes us as being quite unfair. How can it possibly be that this landowner who ultimately stands in the place of God will give to all people the same wage, regardless of how much work they've done? It just seems unfair. And ultimately, parables are supposed to do this. When Jesus tells us parables, they're supposed to kind of shake us up somehow. They're supposed to take us by the shoulders and make us maybe see life in a bit of a different way. They're supposed to unsettle us. So if this parable is unsettling for us, then that's a good thing. It shows us that there's some sort of deeper lesson that Jesus wants us to consider about the way the world works. So from this parable, we can get many different lessons, of course. But I'd like to just focus on three this evening. So the first lesson that we find in this parable is ultimately that God's goodness, God's grace is unearned. There is nothing we can do to get the goodness, the life of God. And in fact, the word for grace comes from the Greek for gift. Everything we receive from God is a gift. It's freely given to us. And this can become important because sometimes we think that we need to earn God's love, earn God's grace. We can think that if we're falling short, God doesn't love us. God's not giving us his grace. He's not bestowing it upon us. But here we see a very important lesson from this parable, that ultimately God gives grace to all people, regardless of their background. All we can do is accept these, this grace from God, these gifts from God, with open arms. And ultimately, this is meant to transform our lives when we begin to see deeper and deeper that all is gift from God, this ultimately allows us to live with great joy. As well, when we see that we don't earn anything that comes from God, we stop being perhaps as jealous with other people. It's a famous story told about the life of the philanthropist Carnegie. So Carnegie died around 1919 and was a very, very wealthy man. And the story goes that he left $1 million to a relative. It's kind of one of his few relatives. And at first that relative was happy. One million dollars in 1919 was a huge sum of money. But then he heard that Carnegie had donated over 300 million to fund different libraries and philanthropic activities throughout the United States and even into Canada. And this relative became very upset. No longer did he kind of appreciate the million dollars he had, this measly million dollars as he saw it then. Ultimately, his jealousy uh, prevented him from enjoying the gift that he had received from this person who had gifted it to him. 
Ultimately then, all we receive from God is a gift. All is grace in our lives. Another important lesson that we get from this gospel is that we are all equal in God's eyes. God sees all people with love and God bestows his grace on all without distinction. And of course, this for us might seem obvious, but in ancient times, this was not obvious. In Jesus's times and places, the situation in society was very hierarchical. You could think of it as being shaped like a pyramid where you had like the emperor on the top some people lower down on the pyramid who had some wealth, some power, but most of the people lower down on the pyramid did not have a lot of power, a lot of money, a lot of influence. There was certainly structure in society where some people were seen as more important than others. And unfortunately, throughout history, the church kind of replicated this hierarchical structure, this pyramid. It oftentimes didn't go said explicitly, but it would be that the Pope would be on the top of this pyramid, kind of having closer access to God. Then you have the bishops, then you have the priests, and lower down are sort of the laity who weren't often seen with the dignity that God saw them with. St. Paul in his letters writes about how all are having the equal dignity because of their baptism. In Galatians 3, for example, Paul tells us that in Christ there is neither slave nor free, Jew nor Gentile, male nor female, we are all equal in God's eyes. With the coming of Jesus Christ, the world has been transformed from this hierarchy, this pyramid, ultimately into a body where we all need one another. This gospel, this parable, highlights this message in such a powerful way. We think when we read this parable that some people are of greater value than others, but this parable ultimately teaches us that all are loved by God, all people want, God wants to give ultimately his gifts to all people. The final message we find, I think, in this parable is an incredible challenge for us. This parable challenges us to be magnanimous or generous as God is generous. Parables are an interesting thing because they would have us take the role of different people in the parable. And we should consider ourselves sometimes in the role of this landowner, can we be generous as God is generous? Each and every day we're called to offer forgiveness, kindness to people who we don't think really deserve it. Someone might kind of demand our kindness or patience from us where they've done nothing really to earn it. This parable challenges us to give that kindness to people who we think don't deserve it, to give that forgiveness to people who haven't really earned it for us in our life. This parable challenges us to have the virtue of what we could call magnanimity, which means um, having a big soul, a generous soul, a generous spirit. We see ultimately that God the Father is magnanimous. He showers his gifts upon all of us. And this parable challenges us to be magnanimous in response, to give gifts, to give blessings, to give forgiveness, to give kindness to people who we think don't really deserve it. So perhaps in light of this challenge in today's parable, we can consider one person or maybe people in our lives, even a group of people who we think don't really deserve our kindness or our forgiveness. Let us pray through the Spirit that God will give us that courage, that ability to imitate this landowner who is God our Father, who showers his gifts and blessings upon all people without distinction.